Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Drinks with Ali podcast, where we are talking everything from red, red wine to pina coladas. I'm your host, Ali, and today is Wednesday, December 30th. This is episode number seven, and today is a Wine Wednesday show. And with only two days left until 2021, I hope everybody is getting ready for your New Year celebrations, whether they're big, hopefully they're not actually that big, or small, whether you're going to stay up till midnight, a bottle of champagne, or you're going to hit the go to bed nice and bright and early. Either way, I hope you're all set. On today's show, we're answering another listener question. This one comes to us from Rachel and is a perfect way to end the year, and it will roll into the next week's Wine Wednesday show as well, so it'll be the perfect way to start the year as well for some Wine Wednesday shows. Um, so let's jump on in. So Rachel asks, I'm an early 20 something and so lost when it comes to finding out what I like and what I don't like when it comes to wine. Any advice on a budget? Obviously I have to say, I love this question. So often when we work in wine, we forget that not everyone is as passionate or as experienced about or with wine as we are. And that often leads to wine professionals being a little out of touch with what the people around them are looking for. Um, questions like this are actually, are literally why I started the podcast. I was so tired of hearing wine and booze in general, kind of quote unquote experts, making it unapproachable for the general public. And even when it is approachable, it's kind of at the level that's so childish in its delivery that what are you really learning from them? So it makes it really hard to want to listen to them. Also, um, really find it hard when, as wine professionals, we forget where we started as well. So everybody kind of starts on this journey in wine in the same place. We all, or even spirits or cocktails or beer or cider, doesn't matter. We all start out in the industry knowing very little about what we like or what we don't like or the history or where something comes from, what makes something tasty, or why we enjoy it. And as professionals, we tend to forget that that's where everybody starts, and we want everybody to be at the same level as us. So I love this question because it's going to take us right back to the start. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to start off with a couple of tips or things to remember, then move on into some styles or varietals that are a good way to get your feet wet, so to speak, with wine. I rarely like to tell people to try a specific bottle from a specific producer, as it can be hard to find them in all areas. There are, of course, some exceptions, and we will probably talk about those guys next week, um, as opposed to this week. Before we start, um, I'd like to start with a quote saying, every expert was once a beginner. We can thank the 19th U.S. President Rutherford B. Hayes for that little bit of advice, and I think it's a really good way to start when you're in wine. Um, Okay, so my first piece of advice is don't be scared or intimidated. The wine world is a big place with a lot of moving parts, really hard to pronounce varietals, or impossible to remember regions or places, uh, and hard to find them on a map. Trust me, not everybody's nerdy like, you know, big wine professionals and big sommeliers. So relax, it's going to be okay. You've got this. Next up, find a wine buddy or two or three. 
This will make the next step, which is setting out a budget, a whole lot easier. It will also make trying and tasting wines and figuring out what you like a lot more fun. And chances are that if you don't like a specific wine, someone else in your group just might like it. So a bottle of wine, a standard 750 milliliter bottle, holds five five ounce pours, plus a little bit um, if you spill. So if you have up to five people in your group, it's easily doable that with a single bottle, everyone would have a glass of wine to taste. Uh, restaurant pours tend to be four or six ounces. Some people do five ounces pours. So it's about the same size of a glass of wine that you would have at a restaurant. Make sure though, that your tasting group is at least as curious about tasting wine as you are. Or you're going to end up with people who don't care think or think that your tasting wine is really boring. Um, you want to kind of have a group that is interested, they want to learn, or maybe they just want to taste some different stuff instead of the things they always drink all the time. Um, now, I would have my little tasting group meet maybe once or twice a week and drink two to four bottles per tasting. Honestly, though, when you're starting out, two bottles is probably just fine. That's like two glasses. Um, you're going to be able to taste some different things. You're going to talk about them. And then you're not going to feel overwhelmed. It's two glasses. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. So that's like a big thing to remember too. Know that if you like it, you like it and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Um, you know, you're supposed to, as a song, you're supposed to love Pinot Noir and red burgundies and white burgundies, white burgundy is Chardonnay. Um, and Burgundy is a region in France. I don't. I really don't enjoy them. I've had maybe a handful of each varietal that I've enjoyed, but it's really not something that I like. So I know that and I tend not to buy them or order them. Just me, how it goes. Alrighty, so up next, think about budgeting your wine purchases. So don't be like, oh my goodness, and stress out, like what bottle do I buy? How much should I spend? Pick a budget for the week or the month and stick to it. So this is where with a group, it can get a little easier because you can divvy up that amount. Um, but there's nothing wrong with going for some lower price pointed wines, especially at this point when you're just starting out. Quite honestly, personally, I stick between $25 and $35 per bottle um, for most bottles that I am buying. There's plenty of selection in this price point. Even here in Nova Scotia, where the selection can be really quite limited, you can actually find quite a few bottles in that price point. Uh, it's usually pretty good wine. Not many that will blow you out of the water great, but there are a few hidden gems in that price point. Um, there are obviously some that are not so great as well in that price point, but you take the bad with the good when you're looking in that price point. I do occasionally splash out and pay up to 50 or $60 for a bottle um, at home, um, I've paid more and I will pay more if it's something that I really want or that I've been, have my eyes set out on. So for example, when I finish my next round of small A levels, I am going to splash out on a hundred dollar bottle of, uh, Moe or vintage Moe in Shendo. It's a sparkling, it's a champagne. Um, so I have, Yes, I have paid several hundred dollars for a bottle at a restaurant, but at home, honestly, guys, I don't spend more than $25 to $35. It's my pr main price point. 
Um, and I love that. No. When I was out West, I increased my price point from 20 to $40. Um, again, it had more to do with the availability in the market. You could get some better price pointed wines in that 30 to $40 price pointed range. Um, and you could get some of the lower end wines for a little bit less. So kind of keep that in mind as well. Um, it has to do with your market availability and your selection. Um, now, you can very often find from time to time some steals under $15. The, these prices are all in Canadian, by the way, for any of my American listeners out there. Um, so it might be a little bit different for you guys down there. Coming in around $10 is Fusion, which is spelled F-U-Z-I-O-N. Um, Fusion is a winery from Argentina. Their um, kind of baseline wine is $11 here in Nova Scotia. Uh, and for the price point, it's really, really good. When I was in college in wine, they first released this. So we're talking about 15-ish years ago. Um, they released it and it was under $10 a bottle. It was fantastic. We could take it to tastings. It often blew people out of the water that it was that cheap. Um, and I'm a particularly large fan of their Shiraz Malbec um, red blend. And it happens to be their $11 bottle. Don't get me wrong. Their $16 bottle is fantastic, but that one is great. And I know you can get it in most markets. So look out for that one if you're looking for a nice bargain red. Alrighty. Another great thing to do is order wine by the glass when you're out at a restaurant. This is a better way to try something new and to not have to commit to an entire bottle. Again, if you're not sure if you're going to like it. Uh, now, sometimes wine by the glass on, or the wines on the wine by the glass list aren't really that great. So if you have a bad experience tasting, say, a Chardonnay on a by the glass list, just know that glasses may not be, or that glass may not be the best representation of that varietal, that region, or even that style of wine. Um, they're a great way to try them because price per ounce, they're a little bit better when you're at a restaurant than they are if you're getting a whole bottle, um, especially if you're not sure if you like it. But they're not always like the top tier wines that are going on that list, on that by the glass list. And that's usually the stuff listed at the front, on the front page of a wine list. Our, for our fourth point, get to know the people that work at your local or sort of liquor, local liquor or wine shop. This is um, one instance where I will say that going to your shop that is not necessarily your most immediately local can help, especially if you feel nervous asking about wines or for recommendations. A good shop that has great selection and friendly staff can make it a whole lot easier to enter into the wine world. Remember, it's literally in their best interest to keep you happy as a customer and to keep you coming back to buy more wine. They will sell more and they will keep their jobs longer. So it's in their best interest to actually help you out with this. Um, so it would be silly for them to do anything but answer your questions or provide recommendations. Uh, also, as you get more and more into wines, if you're talking with one professional at a shop and you're like, oh man, I really love this bottle that you recommended last week, but the week before I didn't recommend this one, they're going to start to know your tastes. They're going to be able to recommend more and more things that they think that you might like. And then they'll find you more wines that you like and you'll expand your palate and you'll change it up a little bit. 
So, alrighty, for styles, for idols, regions, to try. Know this. Everyone who starts in wine starts pretty much in the same spot. That spot happens to be white and sweet. Yep, everybody starts there. Why? Because that's how our palate develops. So your palate is kind of the industry term for how you taste in your mouth and your taste buds. It kind of incorporates all of that in one word. Um, So Pinot Grigio, Moscato, sweeter, or as they're often described, medium or off-dry white blends or white wines. Um, So then we progress from there into white and aromatic. So you're entering the world of Rieslings and Gewürztraminers. Riesling can kind of straddle that line between sweet and dry. So it's a good varietal to be looking out for as you kind of transition between everything. Then we get into the fuller-bodied whites like Chardonnay. Now again, another varietal that straddles that line between those last two categories is Sauvignon Blanc, depending on the individual wine and winemaker. So again, don't discount a varietal because you've had a bad experience with one. Know that maybe your palate just isn't ready to take on that wine. All right, so around the same time that we find full-bodied white wines, we also tend to find light bodied and aromatic reds. So Gamay Noir, Pinot Noir, uh, maybe even Merlot as a single standalone varietal. From there, we slowly move into richer, fuller, and bolder reds. Malbecs, Tempranillos, Chiantis. Then come the big guns, Cab Sabs, so Cabernet Sauvignons, especially from California and Australia. Zinfandels, again, uh, California and Zinfandel. Super bold, super spicy. Not where you want to go if you're starting out in wine. And then Shiraz. Then we find an appreciation again for white and sweet. So this, like, this time really sweet wines. We find dessert wines more and more palatable the more and more experience that we have with wine. So this is stuff like ice wines, sauternes, ports, sherries. So never judge your beginning by somebody else's middle when it comes to wine at all. Oh, Rosés. Rosés can fall, and really do, fall into all of these profiles and categories. They can be light and sweet, they can be big and bold, they can be drunk alone or with food. A good rosé is a great entry into wine. Um, For now, I would leave sparkling wines alone. Again, they run the gamut from super dry to super sweet, and it can be a bit of a crapshoot if you're 100% sure what you want or what you're looking for when it comes to sparkling. Stylistically, I would say that for this week, try and find an off-dry Pinot Grigio or even a Pinot Gris. Um, So Pinot Grigio and Pinot Gris are the same grape. They're just stylistically different production. Um, Pinot Grigios tend to be a little sweeter than Pinot Gris. Pinot Grigio is just the Italian way of saying Pinot Gris. Um, Grigio literally translates into Gris, which translates into gray. Um, And then try and drink your wine with food. Um, It's shocking the difference that that can make. We're going to get into that in a minute. So lastly, my last thing, I guess is a couple points. Have fun. Like Seriously, enjoy the process and enjoy getting to try the different wines and what you're doing. And keep notes. This is a good one. This is a big one. I always keep, um, I always taste with both a tasting notebook or flashcards if I'm kind of busy, 
um, some way to physically write down what I've tasted, both the name and the way it actually tastes and whether or not I enjoyed it. Um, and then I also use an app called Vivino, so V-I-V-I-N-O, which allows you to take a photo of the label, upload it to the app, and then write a little review um, right on their site or on their platform. Not only is it a visual reminder of what you've had, um, and you can rate them and put a little descriptor in there, but based on the ratings you give to the wines, the app will also make recommendations of other bottles you might like to try. Now, living where I live and generally living in Canada as well, sometimes it recommends bottles that there is just absolutely no way you can get a hold of. So that can be a little disappointing. Not going to lie. I've been disappointed by the Vivino app before. But it does give me ideas of things to look out for and things that I want to try. Uh, remember, like I said, food and wine are great friends. So tasting an Oki Chardonnay by itself is completely different than tasting that same bottle again while you're eating a great cream sauce pasta. It will completely change how you perceive everything in your mouth. Um, wine and food are definitely the best of friends. So that's also a great way to do it. If you're having a tasting, maybe you buy a couple of bottles of, say, Gewürztraminer, and you have like a spicy Indian or Chinese food night, and you drink them the wine with that food, it's going to be a really cool experience. Alrighty, with that, we'll wrap today's episode. Next week, we will explore some basic and classic wine pairings and some more easy to get into toe-in-the-water varietals. And I'll talk to you guys a little bit about how we learn to taste specific things in wine, which will actually make it easier for you to know what you like and what you don't like in wine. Um, if you guys are loving the show, please hit subscribe on iTunes and feel free to share the show with as many people as possible. It would mean the whole world to me if you did. And uh, are you guys loving the length of the show? The shows are usually around 15 to 20 minutes. Is that a good length for you? It's too long, too short, not long enough. Uh, let me know what you think. Drop, drop a comment on the episode seven page on the website, drinkswithally.com. So D-R-I-N-K-S-W-I-T-H-A-L-I.com. And let me know. Or send me an email, drinkswithally at gmail.com. Or a direct message or a con leave a comment on the Facebook page. That would be great too. Uh, you can get a hold of me by any of those means. So on the website, there's a contact me form. Uh, you can send me an email. You can hit me up on social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. Uh, I will get the MeWe group going up there this week. And you can hit me up anywhere like that. So with that, fill your grass with something tasty this week, guys. Have a great week. Cheers, everyone.